to Real Job Talk, the podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not set at the water cooler. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hi, Kat. Kat, I'm excited. Today, we have our live coaching session with our brave guest, Vince Wood. We're going to let Vince introduce himself to our listeners, and then we will go into whatever topic he takes us down. We don't know what it's going to be, so this is going to be really excited, and you all will hear very much off the cuff, Liz and Kat. Welcome to the show, Vince. We're really glad you're here tonight. Thanks, ladies. Thanks for having me. It's uh, stumbled onto you guys listening to a number of professional development podcasts, and I listened to two or three different episodes and I decided real quickly, yep, that's going in the normal, normal rotation. Awesome. Thank you. So tell us about yourself, Vince. Who are you? <laughs> yes. I'm not this just strange head that just popped into your meeting. You. <laughs> no, my name is Vince Wood. I'm here out of the Houston, Texas area. I've been in IT or doing something IT related since 2006. I've been in the workforce since 2004. I have worked in enterprise IT. I've done sales for a car dealership. I've done IT consulting for small business. I've been in a retail grocery role, and I've even done manual labor at horse farms. So I've done quite a few different types of gigs. And as a result of that, I've gotten to experience working with lots of different types of people. And that's one thing I can say is the hard part of almost any job, in my opinion, is not the work, is not the challenges of doing the work, it's people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What makes you say that, Vince? Tell me what you mean by that. (laughs) Well, um, you know, even if you can understand, where someone's coming from. Everyone's a little bit different. Everyone takes things differently. Everyone uh, looks and, and views things differently. So what uh, what you may view one way, someone will take some, uh, somewhere completely different. And with different walks of life, walks of life, different life stages, we just, we approach things differently as human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's just what I was trying to get at with all the different places that I've worked is that I have been exposed to lots of different people as a result of that, which I'm grateful for, but that's kind of where the, where the focus of, of this live coaching session using the right words there. That's kind of where this focus is, is just dealing with people. Mm -hmm. And the thing about people is they're not as um, predictable as a product, right? We all have we all have different experiences and different filters and ah it's um it's fun. That's that's what keeps it interesting, right, Liz? Yeah. I always say when I talk about recruiting is that I sell companies and I sell people, but my product has an opinion. I'm like a car which can't say I don't like your garage, mine has an opinion and the ability to choose. And talking about recruiters, um <laughs> there are some there are some great recruiters out there. And then there are some that I've interacted with that I'm just like, did you even invest any time in getting to know me as a potential candidate or or do you not care? Mm -hmm. 
we have a, yeah, we have a whole episode on, on the different kinds of recruiters out there. Um, and honestly, sometimes it's just not in their financial interest to dive. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that sometimes it's not a, you're a bad person thing. It's an economics or the way they're set up in their job where they have to call X many people in a day or something like that. No, I, I think Liz, you talked about it in one of the, one episode that I remember listening to some people literally have, let's just say hundreds of people that they need to get a job description to. They don't have the time to even spend 30 seconds looking at a candidate's LinkedIn profile to get any kind of sense as to who they are or what they, what they're about. So. Totally. So Vince, you, you raised your hand and we are so, so grateful. What can we help you with today? Well, I'm a glutton for punishment. So I'll just (laughs) respond to that in that way. (laughs) No. uh, So we were talking, I was talking about people are the challenge and in all the different places that I've worked, it's always been a challenge to figure out how to get a team to gel, a team of people of different walks of life, of different points of view to mesh together and, and accomplish a common goal. Uh, and what that's what I mean by gelling is, is the, the coming together to achieve a common goal despite differences. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned different walks of life, different stages of life. I made a note, primary mentality. That plays a role. And then priorities are as another the fourth thing that I wrote down that's uh, from what I've seen plays a role in the differences of working with people. Uh, when it comes to primary mentality, one thing that I, I commonly go to is do they have the victim mentality mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. Because someone who has the victim mentality, you're going to have a totally different relationship and set of experiences with than someone who doesn't have that mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then priorities, someone who's always looking at the short-term game is going to react completely different to some, something than someone who's always looking at the long-term game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need both, right? Depending on the situation. Depending on the team. Yeah, you do. Um, depending on the team and the, and the situation, you also need people who are not going to be order takers they're not going to just give in to any demand, any request. They're actually going to sit back and take note of what the request is or what the ask is and, and evaluate it for its merit and then give the appropriate response. And not everyone can do that. I, I've definitely learned that some people, if you ask them for something and if you get any kind of forceful with them, they'll just cave and they'll just give you exactly what you want or what, what, what the, whatever the ask is. And then there are some who will sit back and say, you know, Liz, that's a great point. Mm. I'm going to have to go talk to the boss about that and we'll get back to you. And then you start evaluating all the points around whatever the ask is and find out is Liz asking for the right thing or is she asking what she think for what she thinks is right right now. Mm-hmm. And that can create some, some challenges in working with people. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down three examples of challenges that you one might encounter working with people. And I figured I'd just ask the two of you, how would you handle it? How would you, what would you do in that situation? And we can go see where it goes from there. Well, I have one interjection, shocking, um, before you do that. Cause I'm thinking back and Kat, I'm thinking about our episode with our old boss, Jay Mike. And when he was mm-hmm. talking about building teams yep. and setting expectations in teams. And I think some of the issues that you're talking about, Vince, comes when there isn't a clear goal of the team and when the team members don't really know each other. 
And sometimes it's really helpful when you're going to be a team or when you add someone new to the team to just have connection points and to know like communication styles. How do you like to communicate? Do you like face-to-face or would you rather see it in email and follow up with questions? Or do you like to take the lead or do you like to be more directed? And so to know the people and how they like to work and interact on your team can be really helpful in starting to work together and also expectation setting, right? I mean, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Um, you know, when you first started talking, and mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, you know, so much of this can be shaped by the leader who's managing the team, right? Um, setting up expectations, and you know, even if it's someone who's working remotely, hey, this is the team. Let me tell you a little bit about each member of the team, and kind of, you know kind of give the lay of the land and what the goals are and, you know, where you're going and what your role is and how your role fits in with the other roles, all of those initial setup when someone is new, if if it's a, if it's an existing team and there's a new employee that joins that, that helps to set that new employee up. So, you know, the leadership does, does play a role in that, but sometimes you come into a team or you're in an existing team and that may not be there. So, what can individual team members do, right? There's, there's probably a whole set of advice that we could, we could offer there, but not to go off too much of a tangent there. And to your point about leader intros, that's one thing I can tell you that doesn't always happen or it, tell you, you tell me, but um, <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Not all leaders are willing to take the time to say, hey, everyone, this is Joe. Joe is joining our team. He's, he comes from XYZ previous employer. He's had experience in blah, 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 blah. And Joe, these are the team you're going to be working with. And then they go into each person and and what they're a little bit about them or let them share a little bit about themselves. Not all team and not all team leaders do that. Mm -hmm. And not all team leaders make sure that everyone knows the job of the team, the goal of the team. It's like you said in the beginning, expectation setting, right? So we are both pulling together this team from all over the country in order to accomplish X, Y, Z so that everybody knows what the goal of the team is, what the purpose is. And then going down further into why each person was chosen for this team or what each person's role is. It really helps clarify. And it sounds so simple as I say it, but some people take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Well, I think not everyone who's in a management or leadership position has been trained in in that kind of basic management techniques. Often people are excellent in technology. They might be an excellent technologist. They might have really strong communication skills and then they get promoted because they do really well. But so many times people are promoted and they're, they don't have um, additional training. So they're, they're a lot of times people learn, you know, by trial and error. Um, And that can be, you know, that can be sometimes challenging for the team, right? So Vince, you said you had three different parts. Hit us with your first challenge. Let's break them out a little bit. (laughs) All right, cool. So this first example, let's say that you're in a meeting, you and, and several other team members are in a meeting and there's a high ranking organizational employee, let's say a C level executive or even a, a consultant in the room and there's some conversation going on around a given topic. And let's just say for this example, for, for this example that it's, it's podcasting and the skills required to, to podcast. 
And let's say that that there's a, a question being asked to Liz, and Liz doesn't have the answer, but Kat knows that the answer or the right way to answer the question or to approach the question in order to give a really stellar looking response. Kat, let's say that you send Liz a, a, a chat message because we're doing this on you know some kind mm-hmm. of web meeting software, and you say, hey, heads up, approach the question in this way. Mm-hmm. And then you give some kind of nugget or tidbit. We never um, do that, do we, Liz? <laughs> Joking. Uh, we we often yeah. use those tools. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but imagine if Liz's response w- was, Kat, do you think I'm an idiot? Mm-hmm. Why, do you, mm-hmm. why are you giving this to me? I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Kat, how would you handle that? Well, I probably would use some humor with that person and let them know that I, you know, I'm actually, you know, I, I would, I would make a joke and let them, you know, and then I would circle back probably after the meeting and say, Hey, listen, let's talk about that. I was just trying to help. I'm so sorry if you took it the wrong way. I would definitely have a conversation afterwards and and have a mode of operation for how we move forward in situ- situations like this. Mm-hmm. In this case, if Liz is struggling, I'm going to do everything in my power to jump in and make her look stronger to our listeners, right? I mean, which is Liz does that all the time with me. You know, Liz and I have known each other for what, 50, a long time, <laughs> at least 15 years, a long time. Uh, but, but if it's a, if it's a newer, if it's a newer relationship, sometimes you have to do that rapport building. So, you know, if someone responded to me defensively like that, I would want to, you know, I would want to go back, back to them. And first I would, I would apologize. I would come out and apologize and say, Hey, listen, I'm so sorry if that came across in a way that I didn't, that I, in a way that I didn't intend it to, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, Hey, me culpa. Uh, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm sorry that that didn't land the way that I intended it to. This is what I meant to say. And I was just trying to be helpful. If this happens again, are you open to that? Right. I'd want to kind of have conversation and get agreement and, and not just let that go because, you know, because you want to, you want to build rapport with co- coworkers, right? And you want to talk through when there's an issue. I also think like, so you said a couple things. Number one, there's, a, there's an exec in the room. So everyone's kind of on edge or nervous. Yep, yep. Second of all, that the person being asked the question didn't have the answer. Mm-hmm. So if I don't have the answer, I would maybe want my peer to step in and be like, Liz, remember we were talking about this last week, X, Y, Z, and answer the question. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you just saved my butt because I had no idea, and you kind of covered for me versus telling me what to do. And maybe you told me what to do, but I wasn't quite sure what you meant, and then I'm fumbling even worse. So I think that in that case, then circling back, as Kat said, after me, like, hey, I hope that was okay. I saw that you had like deer in the headlights, and so I knew you didn't want to look bad in front of sea level friend. So I jumped in, you know, if you did know, I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to steal your thunder, but it looked like you were caught. And I hope that that was okay. So again, circling back how you took that moment. But in that example, I would think the person would be really grateful because they didn't have the answer. Yeah. So, so I gave that, that example, I phrased it the way I did because that scenario is one that I've seen come up over the course of several years, um, multiple times. And, and this is in a group where 
the individuals in this group sit with each other most most days, sit within, let's say, 10, 15 feet of each other every day, Monday through Friday. There, there should be that bond, that, that team relationship in place such that that shouldn't happen. But when I see that dynamic occur, I'm like, why did that happen? She knows him. He knows her. Mm-hmm. He knows that she's a mom and she has re- responsibilities that has to change her schedule sometimes. They know each other that well. Mm-hmm. That that reaction should not have happened. Mm-hmm. What broke down there? Why did that happen? Or what happened before that is leading her to come across defensively, right? What yeah. Was there something that happened before? Is there air to clear from something previous? I mean, it's worth talking, you know, it's worth, worth being curious about. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the curious thing about it is like the, these, this group should have been more meshed already. Why, why is there, why are the gears grinding? But sitting together doesn't necessarily make the mesh happen. It's the work that goes into it. It's the uptime and downtime. It's, it's the, we solve this problem together and everybody has a voice. So it's the, I want to say safety. I'm not sure that's the perfect word. Can't help me. But in being able to say what you think the answer is, or is there, are there dominant people in the group that are always coming up with the answers and everyone else is silent? Is everyone encouraged to speak? Are the introverts pulled out? You may all sit together, but does everyone feel like they're equal members of the team? See, there's a point I didn't think about. So that was one. All right, let's do two. (laughs) Number two, this one is not as well framed, but I just wrote it down as the early bird versus the late starter. A difference in mental alertness at times, which causes clashing. So the way I would describe this is in a team where some members start their office time, their, their work time, six, seven, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, whereas some don't start their work time until 8.39, So when one of them's already been in an hour, already had their caffeine, already had their time to get woken up and their brain's just running full speed and the other one's just coming in and they're not quite yet awake. If the late starter, if you try to ambush them as soon as they walk in the door, not a good idea they're not going to respond in, in, in a way that's probably going to be all that productive. And I've yet to figure out how to get those two groups to mesh together a little more, but it may not be anything that I can do or even the two that are the, the two groups, the early boards and the late starters, but trying to figure that out, how to prevent that clash from happening and get that, that to work out a little bit better is another challenge in working with people that I've, I've thought of. Are people choosing their hours or is it a staggered start for coverage reasons? It's not a mandated thing. Okay. So it's a chosen, it's a chosen people are working what works for their schedule. Chosen or just happen to happen that way because that's the way they are, whatever it actually is, but it's not mandated by the team lead. This kind of reminds us of the team, the team that you and I were on. You were always one of the first people in and I was always one of the last people out. So I'm thinking of myself as the person that came in late. You know, I usually would come in with my coffee. Sometimes I'd have, sometimes I'd eat breakfast depending on, you know, sometimes I'd have a bagel or whatever. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, you'd, you know, you'd say good morning to me, but you probably gave me a little bit of time before you, you drilled in the questions you had for me. Right. I don't have a memory of being like pounced on as soon as I came in. So my sense is that, that you gave me some time to get up to speed and then, and then came at me with any questions you had. 
I think that that's, it's a, it's a, again, knowing your teammates Mm -hmm. and knowing, like, I know Kat's not a morning person Mm -hmm. and she's two hours behind me. So I'm not going to like start spamming her at 9 a.m. my time. I'll wait till Mm -hmm. 11. (laughs) But, but I do think it's the kind of thing of just respecting someone's face. So yes, if there is an urgent thing and they walk in at nine and be like, Hey, I know you're just getting settled, but we've got this fire that we're putting out. Great. And mm-hmm. the person's going to be able to get it together, you know, but maybe don't hold team meetings until 930 when everybody's there. But I would just say, respect that person's rhythm. You're probably going to say goodbye before they do. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea. I mean, as a mom, by 8 a.m., I've gotten two kids ready for school and dropped them off. And I've already had a day you know, by eight. Yeah. You've already worked out, right? (laughs) And, and dropped off your kids. Usually work out at eight, but anyway, but yes, it's like, I've already had a day already. And if they they were the Bickersons that morning, it's worse. So I may need a minute to get to my desk. And even when the people who work for me, if they start pounding me at eight 15, I'm like, I need a minute. I need to ease in to get to my day. So I, I just think that it's about respecting that person's process and also knowing that we're all in the middle of a workday. So have meetings or schedule time or like, hey, when you're when you're when you have a sec, can you come over? I've got something to update you on. But know that they're gonna be there late and you might hand something off to them. Mm-hmm. That example right there I brought up because in that example, I am one of those and I am also the other one at the same time. I am one of those that I am up every morning, every day, no matter what day of the week it is at five or six o'clock in the morning, I'm up no matter what. Now my brain's not alert yet. Don't start grinding me on, on some fire that's going on. I'm not awake yet, but once I get going, by the time I get to the office, I'm rocking and rolling. I'm ready to, you know, firing on all cylinders. But then at the same time, I'm also that one that is either at the office until five, six, seven o'clock, or I may be leaving the office earlier, but I'm back in this chair right here because I'm podcasting and I'm up until 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night, editing and doing everything else. Uh, my podcast is a one man show. It's just me. Mm-hmm. I do all of it. I share that because it's something that I've, ex- I've experienced. I've watched that struggle happen. I've, I've been a part of that struggle. And I don't think it's something that a lot of people will, will stop and think about. Hey, that person's just walking in. Hey, I've got a problem. No, stop. Mm-hmm. Give them a minute. Mm-hmm. Let them put their stuff down before you start answering, firing 25 questions at them. Yeah. Give them a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just something I don't think people stop and think about. No, but I think that again, in the in the spirit of transparent teams, if it's a problem, air it. Get it out. And in a respectful way, not like, hey, Jimmy, you come in and you pound, you know, you pounced on me or whatever. But like, hey, as you all have noticed, we all have different schedules. Why don't we all meet for 15 minutes at 930 to talk about what needs to be done and divvy up tasks? Or have whatever. a group huddle. Yeah. Yeah. And there's 15 ways to skin the cat. But you can also say to someone, like, if I walk in and Kat's like, be like, hey, Kat, can I have five minutes? And then I'm all ears. Mm-hmm. That's respectful. Mm-hmm. And not being like, Kat, stop it. 
Right. I'm telling her what I need in a nice way. And if everybody's an adult, that should work. So being respectful of the differences that you have with someone is one of the best ways to build, to build rapport and to build trust. Mm-hmm. And acknowledging like, hey, I see that you get in. I'm guessing you're not a morning person. Can we, can we have a time to download? Because you know, I've already been on it for two hours. What works for you? Mm-hmm. So y'all answered that very, very well. And I'm hoping that certain people hear the way that you answered that. I always refer the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, okay. we'll get to that in a minute. So the third example I brought uh, was if you've ever worked with someone who got stuck in their ways. And what I mean by that is a problem comes up, a challenge comes up, uh, a question is asked, and Sally says, well, back at uh, Joe Bob's advertising, the way we always handled that is we did that. And Sally can't see past anything other than mm-hmm. that way of solving that problem. And so for the sake of that challenge, Sally is of no value, no use for, for that challenge because she can't see past her ways. So my question to you two is, would you try to bring her in and try to get her to maybe sit in an observatory role in that challenge? Or would you try to convince her that, hey, that may have worked at X place, but it doesn't fit here? How would you handle the person that's stuck in their ways and can't think anything else? Honestly, I would say... Sally, I totally appreciate that that worked at your last company, but we're set up differently here. And then point out fundamental differences, you know, that we're a Linux shop and they weren't or whatever it is. I'm not going to go into the chat because that will get me in trouble. <laughs> but to say that might have worked there, but they had fewer users. They had a di- they had a different setup. So can you bring the framework from problem solving, but adjust it to here or maybe it is why don't you sit in on this one and we we can problem solve for our workplace but i think that sometimes people need to be reminded that every place is different but in a again in a kind and factual way not like dude this isn't that place so no you know that's not going to go over well that's going to put someone on the defensive and you want anytime you're pointing out something that may be a difference to not put somebody on the defensive to respect their experience, but try to open them to moving mm-hmm. forward. And sometimes asking questions can be helpful too. Like just honestly and sincerely being curious about how that person's mind works. You can ask some questions and you might find, I mean, I found when I ask questions, I find out so much more than what I think in my head is the situation. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite techniques is just to get someone to, to share what they're thinking and then to, to, to ask them to tell you more. Tell me more about that. And that, that's just, it's magic. You know, when people start talking, then you can learn so much more, more about them. But I mean, if someone really has a problem, you know, has challenges solving problems, it might be that you might want to recommend a book that helps people think differently. You know, there, there's different things you can do subtly and, and from a position of, I mean, truly like caring and helping. Mm-hmm. People open up when there's caring and helping. And if someone feels like, oh, this person thinks, you know, has, has set up their mind about me. It, it's hard to it's hard to have rapport. 
But the more we can be, even as coworkers or leaders, the more curious we can be about people, that makes people kind of, it, it, it brings their guard down and it really builds rapport. So, I mean, I'd work on the rapport before I'd start suggesting some books. But, you know, once you've got rapport and, you know, once you know, someone says, hey, yeah, that's a challenge for me, yeah. then that's a really good time to say, hey, that was a challenge for me too. This book that I read really made a difference. And, you know, hey, I've got it. I'm happy to let you borrow my copy. I will also give you a little, like, insight. Someone who's always talking about their last role or, you know, oh, back here, back here. That's an insecurity. That's someone who does not feel like they either fit in or they feel a little imposter syndrome. So they're trying to like fluff up their feathers and prove like, I was a big deal at my last company and I was the go-to person and I can be that again. Like it's almost like a self-talk to build themselves up. Like, no, I knew this answer there, but then that insecurity, but I don't know it here. And so I think the more that that person can feel at ease or mm-hmm. get told, like, that's great that you solved it there. And again, tell me more about that. But so since we have this kind of database and they have that kind of database, could that work? And try to make them use the skills that solve the problem before to help solve the problem in this new environment. But usually when someone's all about their last job, it's because they don't feel very secure in this one for whatever reason. And so the, the, the role of the other teammates is to remind them kind of why they're on the team. Why they were hired. Right. And I think again, that's ideally a good leader, a good manager is going to set the stage for the team. And I mean, gosh, we, we've worked for some good leaders and, and have, been able to, have been able to emulate them. Um, but sometimes when it doesn't exist, it's on the team members to kind of really extend themselves with, with rapport with each other. And the, the better you can work with your teammates, the, the better it's going to be for the whole team. And people can be challenging. <laughs> and it is hard to join a team of senior folks or of folks that have been somewhere a while. Like if you're the newbie, mm-hmm. that's intimidating and and you want to prove that you belong at the table it's intimidating and so what are you going to rely on your past experience yeah and i I really like what you said kat about uh sharing a book with someone that can Mm -hmm. make a difference um and i'm actually kind of happy that you said that because that's actually something i've done several times i have out of my own pocket paid for a specific book and mailed it to several people that I've worked with around the country. They, they said something that alluded to typical IT person burnout because they work too many hours. They, get, they let stuff get too close to them, so on and so forth. And it's just, it's getting underneath their skin. There's, you can see their, their energy levels are starting to boil. And it's just like, take a breath, mm-hmm. take a step back, go for a walk chill out. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. They're not attacking you as a human being. They're just, excited take a deep breath and that book that that i'm referring to is um mark manson's the subtle art of not giving a f Uh i have mailed that book to people i would say at least 10 times i've bought at least 11 copies of that book Mm -hmm. you know in the dynamic the the three examples i gave you um there were several times in my recent past where someone said vince the problem we're having is that you just don't care and I had to stop and say, no, it's not that I don't care. So I made a calculated choice 
on how much to care. Mm-hmm. And we are not at the same level. We may have been at the same level at one point in time, but at this point in time, we are not at the same level. So we're not seeing eye to eye and that's okay. But that's what the problem is in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And we agreed to disagree, but it's the ability to take a step back that I've learned and try to look at things from multiple points of view that can really make a difference. So I wrote down three tips that I think are helpful. I want to know if you two agree, but when it comes to trying to deal with one of these challenges with people, several people have said over communicate, over communicate, over communicate, over communicate. If you think you've said enough, say a few extra words and then ask, did that come across right? Let that person confirm what you're what you're saying. Step two, pause often. Allow others to jump in. Don't talk for 20 minutes and then realize that three minutes in, Liz had something to say and you didn't shut up and let her talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one was just patience. When someone else is doing something, talking, working, patience, wait. I think especially with um, tricky communication, timing is so important. And also having the orientation that people are are doing their best and are, you know, have good intentions. That's um, when we can have that viewpoint, relationships seem to work a little bit easier. What was your first point again, Vince? Over-communicate. Over-communicate. I'm a proponent of communicating. And some people are audio, you know, some people hear. So some people are going to respond better to verbal. Some people are going to respond better to visual. Some people are going to respond better to email. So it's really great to, if you have a conversation with someone and there are deliverables in the conversation, there are agreements that happen. It's awesome to follow up to that meeting with a, hey, here's a recap of the meeting, you know, an email that's recapping the meeting and saying what was agreed on. And that way, you know, that way everything is super clear. And in case there's any miscommunication that can come up in that email train. So I agree with communicating. I, I don't, um, you know, there's some people that talk and don't say much, right? So, so I'm, I'm not a proponent of talking and just for the sake of talking, but I think saying the same thing in different, different venues is a, is a good way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communicating in different ways, as she just said, you say it, you email it to recap. If you're running a meeting after the meeting, recap with assignments and deliverables and dates. Because then if there is an issue, it comes out right there and I can say, oh gosh, I I took that differently. And then you can talk it through. No. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're, we're, we we agree with number one. And create for questions Mm -hmm. because some people don't feel safe to ask a question because they feel like that'll make them look bad or look dumb. And when you embrace questions and, you know, the old teacher in me is coming out like, oh, I'm so glad you asked that. If you have a question, you should feel safe to ask it because 10 bucks says somebody else in the room is the same question. But if someone's like, did you really ask that? If you've got that person in the room, no one's going to ask the question and then projects get derailed. So yeah, communicate is good. Listen is good. Pausing is excellent. Well, that's all I brought to the table. Good one. I love your prep. That was awesome. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being vulnerable and thank you for your questions. I think they will help a lot of people. So thank you so much. Hopefully so. Uh, hopefully someone will learn from this and not go through some pain that I or others have gone through. The people stuff is uh, can, can be super challenging, especially when communication breaks down and, and that's, you know, that requires some repair and, but it can happen. I, you know, I've worked with teams that have completely broken down and I brought in and, you know, you just kind of have to re- rebuild and kindness can go really far in those type of situations and having some good rules of engagement too, right? Which hopefully, hopefully as a team, you guys can come up with that together. Well, Vince, uh, this has been really fun for us. Tell folks how they can find you. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, I am on Twitter very actively at MV Wood. Not very hard to figure out that one. Podcast that I run is called IT Reality. It's a conversational podcast beyond the sales and marketing pitch. So we talk with engineers, people that know something, and we explore a topic without a company bias or an official line. So if someone has something they want to say and they want to really share their opinion, it's welcomed. Tell us how you really feel. If we're going to talk about something and say, you know, hey, XYZ product is great, but it really falls short in these areas, we'll do that. We've also done some soft soft skills episodes. That's actually where Andrew Miller came in. We originally thought we were going to be talking about the gear and equipment needed to successfully work from home. And turns out we ended up talking for almost an hour about soft skills and working with people. Andrew is great. We're fans. Yeah. We're fans of Andrew. <laughs> no, Andrew's, Andrew's a good guy. And uh, <laughs> he was one of the first people I sent a message to when I got off a plane. I think it was either going to Palo Alto or coming back because I was listening to one of your episodes. And I was like, dude, they're talking about what we were just talking about. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But anyway, yeah, IT Reality, um, it's available on, IT, on iTunes as well as really anywhere that you can get podcasts except for the Google Play podcast app on Android device. For some reason, Google won't put it in that library. Other than that, it's available. And we do an episode every week. And it's, um, it's a labor of passion. I'll just put it that way. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and I guess I should say the podcast is also on Twitter at IT Reality US. And there's an email address that goes along with it. So just go download an episode. You'll get all the contact info. Well, a lot of fun. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. No problem. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Beeks and Salt. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a tech reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you. <laughs>